welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. We are actually living in very crazy times. This is uh, the times we are living in are, are insane. We are, we are living in a time where we have to watch over our shoulders as Jews, where we have to build fortresses, turn our institutions into fortresses, spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on security, all because the world has decided that Jewish life does not matter. The world has decided that Jewish life is cheap, and it's not from today. It's not because of this, this Hamas war that the world made this decision. This has been going for a long time. This this has been a decision the world made a long time ago. That Jewish life is cheap. Jewish life is worthless. And the Jews are not human. They're not, they're not as human as everybody else. And therefore, because they're not as human as everybody else, they could, they're expendable. Simple as that. Jews are expendable. Now, nobody phrased it better then Tom Parisico. So, so let's hear it from him. Israelis kidnapped by the Hamas in Gaza and that we are concerned for their safety and demand their release. There is more in these acts than in humanity. There is a refusal to admit that in this case the Jews have suffered a great blow, that they are injured, that they are hurt. But how can that be when Jews are supposed to be hegemonic, colonialists, occupiers, oppressors, white? Understand that what for Jews brings up immediately the immense trauma of the Holocaust and the pogroms brings up for radical post-colonialists the threat of Jews returning to their historical position as an oppressed and persecuted minority, as victims. But within a worldview in which the victim is always right, Jews cannot be allowed to be victims. And within a worldview in which only the victim is fully human, the denial of Jews' humanity begins with the denial of their pain and their suffering. And let's be clear, the denial of Jewish humanity is anti-Semitism. I could have said it better myself. The denial of Jewish pain is anti-Semitism. That's 100% true. And here we are. Here we are. We saw Harvard University and Pence and MIT get up in front of Congress. And we watched as they refused to say that calling for the genocide of the Jews is against school policy. Calling for the genocide of Jews is against school policy. They refused to admit that. They refused to say that calling for the genocide of Jews is against school policy. And I keep saying it because it's hard to believe that these Ivy League schools refuse to say that. So you figure after they refused to say that, things would have changed on campus for Jewish students. Unfortunately, that has not been the case. Here's the chaplain of Harvard. I never spoke about this publicly, but this bothers me till, till this very day. You know what happens to the menorah? After everyone leaves the yard, we're gonna pack it up. We have to hide it somewhere. The university, since the first Hanukkah would not allow us to keep this menorah here overnight because there's fear that it'll be vandalized. Think about that. We're trying to fix the world, the future leaders of the world, on our campus, 
in the shadow of Widener Library, we in the Jewish community are instructed, we'll let you have the menorah, you made your point, okay, pack it up, don't leave it out overnight, because there will be criminal activity, we fear, and it won't look good. You know when, you know when change is gonna happen on this campus? But we don't have to pack up the menorah. When the current dean of students is not able to tell me last Shabbat over dinner that a student confides in him, that he looks in the mirror before he leaves his dorm room to ensure that there's nothing on his physical appearance that gives away the fact that he's a Jew. That's the reality of the Jewish community in Harvard today. We have to pack up our menorah when we're done. Students have to remove anything. Some students feel they have to remove anything about their physical appearance that suggests that they're a target. We have work to do, friends. We in the Jewish community are longing for a day that we could refer to the president of, and all of Harvard as ours too. That Harvard has indeed not only has our back and not only allows us to finally put up a menorah, but doesn't force us to hide it at night. And when they witness hateful calls to the death of Jews, you don't walk by and say nothing. You speak. You don't remain silent. And let's hope that indeed we'll be able to look at the light of the Hanukkah candles and see only its light, because the power of its light will eliminate all the darkness and turn this and transform our community to a place that will be indeed a beacon of light, not only to the lives and to the hearts and minds of all our students, but indeed through our students and through our community to the world. So Harvard University is forcing, or did force, the Jewish students to hide their menorah at the end of the day. Yeah, you could light it, no problem, light the menorah, but hide it afterwards. This is not new. This is not new anti-Jewism. This is anti-Jewism that's, 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 that's survived on campus for many, many, many years. This is anti-Jewism that's not just cropping up now because there's a war in the Middle East. This is anti-Jewism that's been around for, 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 for centuries. Sure, it's been an undercurrent until now. Now it seems like every Tom, Dick, and Harry could yell out to kill the Jews, gas the Jews, murder the Jews, and nobody seems to care. But it wasn't always like that. And it shouldn't be like that. But here we are. There are people who are still denying that the attack on the Jewish people, the genocidal attack by Hamas on the Jewish people happened on October 7th. There are people still denying it. Now, now I, I don't know how you could deny a, a fact. I don't know how you could deny something that Hamas is proud of, so proud that they recorded their atrocities themselves. Well, those recordings were put together by the Israeli government and shown to reporters. Now, some reporters decided to see them early and some reporters decided to see them a little later, and that's fine. Chris Como, the former CNN anchor who's now working at News Nation, finally went to the Israeli consulate to see the video, the 47-minute video. Now, for the last few weeks, Chris Como has been yelling that Israel are genocidal terrorists, they're killing Palestinians, they're, they're murdering children in Gaza. 
His show has been based. His show has been based on the fact that uh, there should be a ceasefire and Israel should cede land and, and Israel should stop murdering, should stop being the genocidal killers that they are in, in the way they're committing their atrocities against the Palestinians. I want to play you what Chris Como said right after he came back from watching the 47-minute video of the atrocities that Hamas committed against the Jewish people. Now, I don't normally play this many video clips, and that's why it's so choppy, but... But, uh, but but let me play you this, because I think it's important that we understand, I think it's important that we see and hear what Chris Como has to say. Three of us went to the Israeli consulate to watch some of the footage uh, that we've never seen. These images and um, media, a lot of it raw, some of it, um, they did some editing too to identify things of what happened in the massacre on October 7th. It's 47 minutes long. Now, some of it, I have seen before, and you can find it online. A lot more than I expected was new to me. And again, I do believe people should see this. I understand the sensitivity of the families. I understand the concern that if you don't want to believe that October 7th happened, well, then it doesn't matter what you see. But I do believe for many, for many, that there's an aspect of this that I don't think we appreciate. I realized something that I had missed before, okay? It took me immediately and deeply into a past trauma. The exact feeling that I had when I learned why 9-11 happened. Terrorists targeted the Twin Towers and Washington DC to take out the great symbols that represent America. The method was not madness. They were sane, they were just evil. But the method was a message. Their unholy efforts triggered what Americans feared most. Terrorists robbing us of who and what we are about at home. And so they got what they asked for. The wrath of a people united in a common fear and concern that it is us or it is them. Existential. We went after those who took credit where we could, used warplanes, drones, missiles, every kind of weapon and warrior we have to kill active enemies, those who hid, the complicit, the sympathetic, and sometimes, even often at points, the innocent. That's the truth. And if there had been social media then, I don't know how public opinion at home would have been different. But the fact that they hit us where it hurt, that's what mattered most. So, if an enemy wanted to make sure that Israel would come for them, the message would be, we're going to take children, women, innocence, and more, tie them up, and burn them alive, just like the Holocaust the ultimate fear of what the world can bring the Jews way. When a decision is made that Jews are less than human and treated that way in words and deeds, I now know that is exactly the message Hamas sent on purpose at scale. And I was not aware of that before. I had seen that bodies had been burned, but I did not understand or appreciate how intentional 
the effort was. They did it methodically. You hear it in the voices, the commands, the ease, the excitement of finding and mutilating victims, being told, let them play with it. Merely murdering innocents was the least of it. Of course you see that, and you can see that anywhere in the world these days. People pointing weapons, shooting the innocent, shooting people running away, shooting women, shooting the defenseless, people scared out of their minds about what's happening. This was not death from above. It was death in your face, hands-on and personal. They enjoyed mutilating and went back and celebrated in the streets with heads and bloody corpses as trophies. This was absolute genocide. That is a word that people are misapplying, and this is where it does apply. Even more important to the terrorists, apparently, was what they left behind. Charred reminders of a holocaust the obvious desire to see as many Jews utterly destroyed as possible. Families melted together on purpose. And yes, there are women, dead, bloody groins, twisted, disfigured legs. The IDF says this is not a morbid coincidence, it's a part of a pattern of rape and torture. 47 minutes is just a fraction of the dead, but it is overwhelming that Hamas wanted war. This was not the irrepressible angst of the desperate who want freedom, who want better, nor certainly want anything approximating peace. They wanted the Jews to know that they want them to burn again. And it makes it clear that Israel, here's why it matters. I now understand better what is fueling Israel. This is not tit for tat. This is not you did to us and now might will make right. They are fueled by the deepest fears of genocide because those fears are real. I am not trying to erase or in any way mitigate the massive death toll of civilians in Gaza, or diminish the obvious need for the violence to stop. If anything, after seeing this video today, there is an increased urgency to avoid what could still come because this could get much worse. When people have been given reason to believe it is you or them, they are capable of anything. And while people are moved to absolute outrage by what they see, I'm telling you, Israel is doing far less than it could. It is easy to say, stop, I'm saying it, everybody's saying it. It is very hard to say how, why? Because seeing what the terror group in charge of Palestine did to the Jews and has promised to do again, how do you ask Israel to risk being vulnerable to those who do not honor agreements and have made it very clear they don't want peace. They want to burn and kill the Jews. That's why it's so hurtful and people are so hair trigger 
when people say things in protests here in America that maybe they don't mean that way. Maybe they don't see that context. But the people on the other side of the propaganda do. The suggestion, well, here's what you do. You stop bombing, use commandos. How does that not suggest to Israel, you have to do this in a way that Hamas can kill more of you. You have to reduce your advantage. All right, but you also have to stop bombing because aid has to get in. Will Hamas allow it in? Oh, yes, they have. That's not the sum total of the reports that we get. They have not let aid organizations get in to see the hostages and to, the help, and to help them. And they have a history of diverting and taking aid that was meant for others and other things. It's not about numbers. It is about Israel being shown its worst fears can be realized because they were. So knowing that and understanding it and understanding our own history with what we did in response to a threat that was nowhere as real and present as what Israel is facing, what do we do to make it stop? What do we do to make it stop? Great question, Chris Como. That's an excellent question. What do you do to make it stop? You eliminate Hamas. It's the only way it's going to stop. If you read Hamas's charter, it is very clear that they say there's no negotiation and that the only path to a solution to this problem is jihad. That Israel must be destroyed, wiped off the map. The Jewish people must be wiped off the earth. The only solution is jihad. We believe them. I believe them. When they say this, I believe them. Why doesn't the world believe them? Why doesn't the world believe genocidal murderers when they say we want to commit genocide? It, it seems ridiculous to me. It seems crazy to me that people could expressly state their position. They could say, this is what we want to do. And the world says, uh, maybe they're just exaggerating. Maybe they're just joking. Maybe they don't really want to do that. No, they wrote it in black and white. They were very clear about it. Yet people are still surprised and people are still shocked and people still don't want to believe that a genocidal, a self-proclaimed genocidal organization committed a genocidal attack against Jewish people. Seems odd. When I hear an enemy tell me I want to kill you, I believe them. I have no reason to doubt them and I don't want them to prove that they really want to do it. I don't want to call their bluff. We, we are living in a very strange time. We are living in a time where, where, where you have to prove that a genocide happened against your people. You have to prove that a genocidal attack happened even when the people who committed the genocide recorded the things themselves. There is a hierarchy of victimhood that the woke community has built. And Jews never factored into this hierarchy of victimhood. And so when Jews are the victims, then it throws this whole thing out of whack. Jews have to be the oppressors. They have to be the colonialists. Look, Israel stole the land for the Palestinians. They have to be the colonialists. How could they possibly be the victims? It throws the whole philosophy out of whack. And so this is why you're seeing the left trying so hard to prove 
that the Jews are the victim, that the Jews are the are the oppressors, and the Jews are the colonialists, and the Jews are the are, are the problem here. This is why thousands and thousands of people are getting into the street and are screaming and yelling, gas the Jews, kill the Jews, forget the Jews, Jews colonialists, Jews are murderers and they're, they're land stealers. This is why you have so, so many thousands of people yelling this. Because if the Jews become the victim, if the Jews become the ones that have to be empathized with, if the Jews become the ones that were attacked and that, 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 that were victimized, then it's really, really, really difficult within the context of wokeism to call them colonialists, to call them colonizers, to call them oppressors. Very difficult. Because you got to empathize with the, you got to empathize with, with the victims. Think about this for a second. How many careers, how many people's careers were destroyed by the Me Too movement? Some lady gets up 35 years later and says, that man raped me in 1942. And the man's career is over. How many people, how many people lost their careers over the Me Too movement? Yet now, when Hamas used rape as a weapon against the Jewish people during their genocidal attack, they raped men and women and children. Now suddenly nobody believes that the rapes happened. Me too. Uh, come on. Me too. You have to believe all women. So now women are getting up and saying, they raped me. And people are saying, prove it. Well, what do you mean prove it? Maybe, maybe you want to blame it on the way they were dressed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not allowed saying that, am I? Because that's, that's totally against wokeism. Totally against the political correct world we live in. Where everybody has to be believed when they say they're being raped. Everybody has to believe when they say they're being oppressed. Everybody except for the Jewish people. When the Jewish people said that the genocidal attack happened against them. No, prove it. Oh, prove it. Oh, that's not good enough proof. The videos that the oppressors videotaped is not a good enough proof. The scars on your body, the broken, the broken limbs, the hostages taken by the oppressors, not good enough proof. Think about this for a second. Nobody cared. Nobody cared about the hostages. Hamas took 200-odd hostages. Nobody cared. The Jews cared. The Israelis cared. Nobody in the world cared about the hostages. The only time... You really heard anybody care about the hostages was just in the last couple of days when Israel accidentally killed two. Then suddenly, the world comes to life about the hostages. Hamas killed 50 of them. Nobody cared. The Israelis shot two by accident. And now suddenly, the hostages are, are, are part of the humanitarian effort. Oh, Look at that. Israel killed some hostages. Hamas didn't kill the hostages. Israel killed the hostages. Look how oppressive and how, 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 how Israel doesn't care about life. Anytime they could use something to discredit, dehumanize Israel, dehumanize Jews, they will use it against us. And social media has made it much worse. Social media is the enemy of rational thought. Social media is the enemy of of any competent thinking, of any intelligence. Social media is the enemy. 
Mayor Jeremy Levy of Hampstead in in, uh, in Canada. He's been he's been unbelievable uh, in taking to task Canadian politicians who have been less than less than sympathetic with the Jewish people. He wrote this uh, about three hours ago, oh, about twenty two minutes ago. On October 7th, it became evident that there is minimal distinction between anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism. The Canadian political class appears weakened, struggling to effectively address such matters. And it is very true. The Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, can't say the word anti-Semitism without throwing in the word anti-Islamophobia. Like one has something to do with the other. People hate Jews because they're Jews. I have a theory on why the Jews are the most hated people in the world. And I've, I've said the theory on the show before. I'll say it again. The Jews had the original testament, the Old Testament, the original testament, what the Christians call the Old Testament. We had that testament first. We were the first people to have a deal with God, first people to be chosen by God, to have a deal with God, to, to, to have a relationship with God. And then came the Christians and they said, ah, our New Testament usurps the Old Testament. The Old Testament is now no longer valid. The New Testament is valid. But wait a second, we can't sell the New Testament, we can't say the New Testament is 100% valid and is our new deal with God because there are people still following the Old Testament. So, crusades, let's go, let's wipe them out. Inquisitions, crusades, wipe them out, make them convert, make them admit that the New Testament is better than the Old Testament, is the New Testament, is the, is the new deal with God. Force them to do it. Kill them if they don't. And for centuries, Jews were persecuted because Jews said, no, we have our deal. You can have your deal. You can do whatever you want. We have our deal. And this is our deal. The Torah is our Bible. And Jews were massacred, murdered because they were Jewish, because they believed in Judaism. Along comes Islam. Hey, we have a testament with God now. This is the new, new testament. <coughs> the new, new testament has to be better than the Old Testament and the New Testament. So, people who follow the, new, the Old Testament, New Testament, now have to follow the New New Testament. So, jihad, convert to Islam or die. Those are the options. Because, no, you can't sell the New, te new Testament if somebody believes in the New Testament somebody believes in the Old Testament. So, this is why Jews are hated. This is why Islam hates Christians. This is why there is Islamophobia. People are afraid of Islam not because of the Quran. They're not afraid of Islam because of the mosque. They're not afraid of Islam because of the, of the prayer. They're afraid of Islam because of the bombs, because of the swords, and because of the murders. The centuries and centuries of murders. That is why there is a fear of Islam. Islamophobia and anti-Semitism are totally different and they should not be lumped together in the same category. And when politicians do lump them together in the same categories, trying to pander to, to the woke crowd who will get offended if they say one and not say the other, shame on you. Shame on the politicians who try to, try to play both ends of the field. There is nothing wrong with the politician getting up and saying, I stand against anti-Semitism. I stand against the heinous attacks against Jewish people. I stand against people standing in my country yelling, death to the Jews. I stand against people standing in my country yelling, gas to Jews. Politicians should have the guts to get up and say something. Get up, have the guts to get up and do something. Shame on them.
All right, that's it. I'm done. I want to thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you again, uh, hopefully tomorrow, right here on the Howie Silberger Show. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, you could catch it. Uh, just uh, subscribe to the podcast, or you could catch it online. Uh, you catch it on YouTube or wherever else. All right, take care. I'll see you next show.